when you look at the Rockies, you've seen, at least recently, you've had two general managers. You've had Dan O'Dowd, and then you had Jeff Breidich. The thing about Breidich was that he was under O'Dowd, so it was an in-house hire. And ultimately, I think you just need a different guy there. You need a different perspective. Someone that can change up the culture a little bit, because this being okay with being average, being okay with complacency is... It's killing the it's killing the roster, and I think you're going to start seeing some serious fan unhappiness coming in the next few months and years. Okay, we went way off left. Yeah. Too much pot tar. <laughs> way way too much pot tar. Welcome back to another episode of Too Much Pod Tar, and we continue our thirty teams and thirty pod series with the Rockies. And my guest on today is another another writer from the Scorecrow, uh, Zach Gottlieb, and he's he's a uh, Rockies fan. And so, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. And just today, like just around an hour ago, there was news coming out about Nolan Arenado about he felt disrespe- disrespected, and about all the trade talks and stuff. So he's definitely looks like he wants to be out, and it's gonna probably gonna it's probably inevi- inevitable at this point that he's gonna be gone. And even just Jeff Passan tweeted out it's beginning to resemble uh, Stanton in Miami. That what what happened there? So yeah, it's a mess because I mean you're looking at it with the eyes of he's a generational third baseman, one of the best of all time, or could be that at least. But at the same time, if he's not happy, it's hard to keep him. I compare it kind of to Troy Tulowitzki from what, a few years ago, five years ago, I think, yeah. where he wasn't happy with the management. And while he was a great player, it was just not going to work out. The problem is trading him now seems like the best time to do it because this is when you're going to get the be- biggest haul versus trading him at the deadline because that's when you know teams are starting to really compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. I don't. It's going to be interesting to watch this whole thing play out. Like, what, who, what team he ends up going to? Because, you know, whatever whatever team he goes to, it's going to give them a huge, huge piece. If they, especially if they're if they're in need of a third baseman like him, like absolutely, I could see the Phillies. I could see uh, Rangers. Even though Rangers, uh, they got. Todd Fraser, but he's Todd yeah. Fraser. Anything isn't really anything special. So obviously, with if they got Arenado, it would create it would make make them that much better. So the Fraser signing to me puts them out of the running. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a deal with out of it, and maybe even try and flip Fraser potentially. Uh, I think the Cardinals. We've heard a lot about oh, yeah. them being a suitor. I think that would be a good spot actually for Nolan. Because as a team that's competing right now as they are, plus I think they have a pretty good minor league system that we can get some players out of, especially pitching. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's definitely one piece that you guys need is pitching. There's not really much, much there. You got well, John Gray, and he's going to be a free agent next year. He's got to get the bag. We got to pay him if he plays as good as he did last year. He's there's no way we shouldn't be paying him. Yeah. He's becoming an ace that we expected him to be, which is. Big. I just need to see him pitch in big games to really put that status on. All right. 
And then Fre- Kyle Freeland, who, you know, he's not, he's not really, he's not bad. They think he needs to show a little bit more, but he, last year he obviously was injured, so, and didn't really have a full season. So it's, he's definitely got to come in this year and show that he can be a solid rotation guy. Yeah, Freeland was frustrating because, you know, two years ago during that playoff run, he was, you know, to me, a Cy Young candidate. 17 wins, great year, just consistently the guy. And last year, he had his first two starts were excellent, and then he fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. spent time in AAA, got hurt, well, then started to pitch a little better, then got hurt to end his year. You know, it was frustrating to watch because we saw how good he can be. The problem was, it didn't sustain, so you need to see if he can play a year with it again and get it back because that would be so big for the rotation. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the other guy that's definitely going to be in there is Herman Marquez, who also had a good season last year along with Gray. So I love Marquez. Oh, he's a little inconsistent, which was annoying, but, yeah. man, if you needed a big start, if you just needed a start six innings, he was going to give it to you. Problem was he got hurt too. Oh yeah, right. like that rotation was all AAA guys or guys who hadn't pitched very long in the majors by the end of the year, and you're looking at it like, I don't know what's about to happen. It was not pretty. Yeah, but if there's those top three starters can like perform, have a really good season, then they have a good shot at least, you know, playing a lot better than they did last year. Oh like, yeah. So those are the key. I think that's the key for them. It's going to be predicated on them, for sure. I think I would have liked to have seen them add a starter this offseason, just a fifth guy, a veteran guy at the end of a rotation. Because I think you've got something in those three. Oh, what's his name? There's one more. Let me look it up real quick. You've got hope. The problem is the bullpen was garbage last year. The rotation was iffy at best. It was just—it was a long year. I think if you know, we saw how good Marquez can be, even consistently, we saw how good Freeland can be. We saw how good John Gray could be. It's just bringing it all together because every time the Rockies pitched good, they couldn't hit, and every time they hit well, they couldn't pitch, and it it killed. Yeah, exactly. And it's—they definitely have. I think they have the potential for sure to, you know, but be in the hunt at least and you know it seems like every year it seems like they start off so well and then all of a sudden they just kind of like fall right off like they look like they're gonna have a good season and then just end up like plummeting yeah that what happened in july this year was unbelievable it was you watched a team that was going from one of the best teams in baseball that just beat the dodgers two of three in a series in L.A., and then all of a sudden they get to July, and everyone forgot, like, how to play baseball. You had a game at the end of July where they had Garrett Hampson playing second base, and Freeland's pitching his best game in months, and he lets the ball go through his legs and cost him the game. And, like, they just couldn't do the little things or even the big things to win a game. Yeah, it's... I would definitely be frustrated if I was a fan of the Rockies, the way it's been, it's gone. Like, what is it like? Probably a 
three or four years in a row that they've, you know, seemed kind of got out of the gate like hot, but then they just had like such a bad, you know, July or whatever, like they had bad summer months and then that's, that completely put them out of it. It's fascinating to watch. And this year there were a lot of things thrown out of just frustration, but yeah. no, it's every single year you see it's either a really bad April and an outstanding May or a really good April and a terrible May. And then June's always a little iffy or July. It's like, if they could just put together a season of it doesn't have to be excellent for a month, bad, just consistent. We'll be in the hunt every time we have the talent, which is why you don't trade Arenado, but you should. I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah, it's it's, it's been like frustrating. The whole Arenado stuff, it's like they should keep them because they have the talent for there, but then they're not going to, if they don't end up playing well again, then they kind of have to at that point. To yeah, get, to get pieces. And the problem was when you talked about the when you talked about the negotiations that happened last year, it's a big contract. What came with it was the promise that they would build the team around him, and they've spent zero dollars in guaranteed contracts this off season. Yeah. And there are needs on this roster. I mean, the bullpen crapped out again last year. We need a backup catcher. We need a first baseman or a second baseman, depending on what you do with Ryan McMahon. You need a defensive outfielder, and they have done nothing. Yeah, it's it kind of seems like they're they're all right with being like mediocre. Like they're just all right. We're gonna suck for years. It's fine. It's like that meme that's with the the burning room and they whatever the char- the character like just they're sipping the the coffee or whatever. It's like this is fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one. That one's funny. But it's, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, you got to fire Jeff Rydich at this point. When you look at the Rockies, you've seen, at least recently, you've had two general managers. You've had Dan O'Dowd, and then you had Jeff Rydich. The thing about Rydich was that he was under O'Dowd, so it was an in-house hire. And ultimately, I think you just need a different guy there. You need a different perspective. Someone that can change up the culture a little bit because this being okay with being average, being okay with complacency is it's killing the it's killing the roster, and I think you're going to start seeing some serious fan unhappiness coming in the next few months and years. Right. That's like similar to some one of the other podcasts that we did with the like that's like the, what's happened with the Pirates. They but then they finally did get rid of their. Their GM and their manager, like after, after years of after a couple of years of being, being in the same kind of position, I think like the Pirates, they, you know, they were in the playoffs a few years in a row, and then just years of mediocrity after that. Yeah, I mean, with the Pirates, I'm I'm a Clint Hurdle guy, mm-hmm. former Rocky, kind of miss him, but no, nah, the Pirates situations, they're a mess. I was in Pennsylvania a few months ago, and boy, it was. They were not happy with him. No. But yeah, I could see, I see that. I think firing the manager, Bud Black, right now would be a terrible idea. Just because he was a pitcher, right? And he knows how to work with those younger pitchers with an extremely young staff. I think there's value in that. 
it just starts at the front office not having seemingly the idea of how to move forward building a roster. Yeah. And then, like, the other thing is, too, with the prospects, it seems like I thought for sure that uh, Brendan Rodgers was going to be up last year. And then, I don't, did he? I think he made his debut, though. And then, but then he never. He played for, I think it was 15 games, and then he got hurt. Yeah. He had season ending shoulder surgery. So we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. I think we didn't see a lot of great with him either. He seemed decent at best. I think what you saw was that he still needed another year in the minors, yeah. which I was saying that from the start. He needed last year to play second base. He's played shortstop his whole career. He's done some third base, but he's never played second even through the minors. So he needed to give him a year to play second base and fully understand it. And I think that inexperience showed a lot. But he's going to be a promising prospect. I think if you can give him a full year to really adapt to either second base in the minors or the major league game, either one would be valuable. I think you're going to find a player that can be a potential infield cornerstone just in terms of his ability. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, Soupy even he met, he said he predicted him as the as uh, the rookie of the year last year and then but then you know he obviously got a, ended up getting hurt and it's never panned out. So I think yeah. he, if he gets the shot, if he ends up you know performing as he should, I think he'll have a shot at being like in the race for rookie of the year next year. I could see that, and I think it was interesting hearing Soupy's analysis of him because he's around Hartford and around the triple-A team, around yeah. the double-A team, the yard goats, right? And mm-hmm. being able to watch Rodgers play live, hearing him talk about it and how highly he spoke of him was really interesting and, to me, really exciting. I don't think a whole lot of people will get to hear him, you know, or a smaller site, right? So they're hearing, like, the Thomas Hardings and whatever. But Rodgers is going to be good, and I think hearing it from Soupy, who's around the team a lot, was really exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's and I I'm like local to I'm in like right near Scranton, so I get to see like a lot of the Yankees players coming mm-hmm. up on their way up when I go to games. So it's a pretty cool thing to see, like right in person. You see the potential that they have and then and then watch them like grow and up and then go up and go to the major leagues. That's the value of minor league baseball. And I think if we wanted to get really get into that conversation, which is for another day. Getting rid of minor league teams is a mistake for multiple, multiple reasons. Yeah. This being one of them. Definitely, yeah. We actually talked about that on, on, I think, one of the other podcasts. I don't remember which one, but it was one of the most recent ones. Yeah, it was. It's a mess, but yeah. so much of baseball is a mess right now. Yeah, we can go. There's a lot we can go into, too, with the whole scandal and stuff. We talked about that a lot like recently. It's been a huge Huge thing. Oh, yeah. But it's, for now, we could just stick right to the uh, Rockies. Um, mm-hmm. Another another prospect that's should that'll be exciting in a couple of years. Obviously, not not going to be anytime soon. It's uh, Michael Michael Taglia for his baseman. Yeah. He drafted what year was he drafted? It's, was he drafted last year? Oh yeah, he was drafted last year. Yeah. 
first round. Yeah, I'm. I saw that pick, and I was, I was excited. I think he's going to be a fascinating project, process, and prospect to see come up through the minors. Just because I think he's got potential, and well, we haven't really had a solid first baseman since Helton retired in 2013. Right. So, being able to see him potentially be that next future first baseman in, say, four or five years. Well, that's going to be a brutal four or five years at first base. I think if we can get him to be what we think he can be, boy, it'll be worth it. Yeah, for sure. And then speaking of Todd Helton, too, he's. do you think he should be in the hall, end up being in the Hall of Fame? Because he's on the ballot now, so... I think he should be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be this year. I don't think he's going to be close. Yeah, I don't think The so. problem is, is that so many people are into this whole Coors effect kind of thing. And, right. I mean, and you can see the stats and you can prove it. And I don't think it's the home runs so much. I think it's mostly that it's the biggest outfield in baseball. So it gives up more space for outfielders to have to cover more hits. But Todd Helton for was it, 20 years was... Just a guy. I've never been so enamored by a guy just because of the fact that he can have 12 pitch at-bats every single time and end up with a double every single time. Not to mention his defense. That guy, watching him play was amazing. I think you see the East Coast bias kind of stuff, and if they just watch Helton, I think they could see even those whole course field thing and playing his whole career here, he was an amazing player just to watch and be consistent. Yeah. He was kind of like the, the Rockies version of Jeter, like the way he's been, he was, he was there for so long and then had, had consistency. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, it sucks. We couldn't get him a ring. We made it to the world series in 07, but then we kind of ran into a Red Sox buzzsaw, but mm-hmm. he was, Oh, man. He, he's the greatest Rocky of all time. And, yeah, it's, Rockies are a young franchise. It's, you know, it's coming about in 93, but it's he's far and away the greatest Rocky of all time. Yeah. The fact that he spent his whole career here and did what he did. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, t- uh, well, tonight, because this will be out on on Tuesday, so tonight it'll be the the Hall of Fame ballot. They're announcing the, who's going to get in this year. So I'm wearing my Rocky shirt to school tomorrow out of excitement and hope for Larry Walker. Oh yeah, definitely. God, he's. I really hope he gets in. He's got to make it. Yeah. I mean, every stat you look at, even the park adjusted ones, he's better than. A lot of the players on the ballot, he's better than a lot of players already in the Hall of Fame. And you look at it, he won seven gold gloves. And if you want to play the Coors Effect part of it, he's playing the biggest outfield in baseball and still had seven gold gloves. Like, yeah. How do you keep that out? Exactly. It's. I don't think it should have taken this long either. I, th- I thought he should have got in a lot, of, a lot sooner. A hundred percent. We're at, what, year 10? I'm thinking it should have been year five or six. Yeah. In fairness, not say year one, but five or six, give it to him. Should have been. 
Yeah. I think it will end up being. I would. I want it to be more than just, just two or three. But I. I would. I think it's going to end up being just Jeter and Walker that get in. Like, I think Schilling is going to fall just short, and then Bonds and Clemens will be like seventy, around like seventy percent or something. Yeah, I think it'll be around there too. I think Schilling will make it eventually. Yeah, and. No matter the, your opinion on the PED stuff, I think Clemens and Bonds will eventually make it. I still think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, but you know that's a different conversation. Yeah. But Larry Walker's got to make it. I mean, all, if you look at the projected stuff, you, there have been the projections that he's going to be at seventy-four percent, and then we saw the even more heartbreaking one of projected seventy-four point eight percent. You know, like. Okay, teachers round up grades, right? Can we just round up that percentage just a little bit there? Yeah. It's kind of predicting where the Rockies finish next year, kind of record-wise. Is what kind of expectations do you think they have? It's tough because, I mean, you saw such a steep fall-off last year. And it wasn't really anything to do with talent. So you can look at it and say they have this team that won, what was it? 90 games in 2018. And then you have largely the same roster in 2019. You have 71 wins. So you're looking, um, they're not going to win the division. You still got the Dodgers there. I think the Padres will leapfrog them. They've had a really good offseason. Yeah. So I think I have Colorado finishing third in the division, just looking at it right now. I want to look at win totals. They'll be around 500. Yeah. I think they can get to 81 wins, 85 wins. I think is realistic. It's going to be entirely based on how the pitching, the pitching staff in its entirety can bounce back. Wade Davis has to be Wade Davis again. You've got to keep make sure Scott Oberg stays Scott Oberg. If you can get Freeland back, if you can get keep John Grace consistent, if you can get Marquez consistent, I think you're going to be looking at a team that can compete. That's just not going to get there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think I think they can finish in third place and you know be around 500 and. Obviously, also depends on what happens with Arenado too. I, th- I think if they end up trading Arenado, it might be end up worse than that. Honestly, uh, if they trade Arenado, they're going to be. I think they're going to fall behind the Giants. Probably be around seventy wins. Because I mean, even beyond Arenado, this is a talented roster. It's yeah. not a group of scrubs, but he would be. He's the guy who puts them over the top, as it should be. They just need more complementary pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you with the Padres, too. I think the Padres are going to end up finishing second behind the Dodgers. I think they they even have a shot at making a wild card. I think they're going to really make strides this year. And then next year, I think they're even uh, have a chance at even uh, competing for the division with the Dodgers. I could see that. <clears throat> the Padres this year are my dark horse pick to make it to the playoffs and even win the wild card round. I don't think much past that. Yeah, I love, I love Fernando Tatis though. Yeah, that kid's a baller. Yeah, I I love him too. He's one of my 
Actually, I th- I'd probably say he's my favorite non-Yankee player. I could see that. I don't like doing the whole in-division stuff, but he's definitely one of my favorites, too. He's yeah. just so fun to watch. Great with the glove, great with the bat, fast. You know, five-tool guy. I'm all about versatility, and that kid's got it. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm, I'm really excited to see him put a full season next year because obviously last year he got injured at the end. So he yeah, gets, that was unfortunate. He gets a full season, he'll, he'll be – He's going to end up being like Juan Soto. He'll end up, I think he's going to put up that kind of season next year. Boy, would that be scary. Yeah. His ability? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Him and, Machado, him and Machado are really good tandem. On the, That's a nasty duo in the, in the infield. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch, even though, you know, <laughs> divisional team, don't like him that much, but boy, is he going to be. Is that going to be fun to watch? And Honestly, I'm just sick of the Dodgers winning, so I hope the Padres do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like the, pod, the Dodgers have been, you know, they've won the division so many times in a row, but then they just never do anything in the playoffs. It's like... It's so funny, though. Yeah, it is funny. Being, being here in Colorado, being a Rockies fan, every year without fail, Clayton Kershaw <laughs> does something to... Screw the whole team. Yeah, I feel bad for him because he's a, he's a like this generation's pitcher, one of the top three of the generation, and so you feel bad about it. But man, he's a Dodger, so you just you laugh every time because you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was so funny last year watching that happen, like in the in the uh, NLDS. I would, I was like so hoping that they would lose in the LDS. Like it, I just thought like it was be hilarious. Like and then I did it, and I was like, oh my god, it just happened. Dodgers just lost in the first round. But it, like they're just so like they just choke every time. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I mean they're there every year, and you know that they're a great team. They just can't get it done. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel bad for them for, like, 2017, and I got a feel for them because of the Astros. Like, they yeah. – I mean, I don't know if – you don't you can't say, oh, they would have won if the Astros didn't cheat, but it's – I would have been a lot – I think it would have changed a lot of things. And maybe, well, I don't know. The, if the Yankees won against the Astros instead, then I think the Yankees would have swept, swept the floor with them anyway. But yeah. That whole thing's kind of iffy because baseball's an any given day sport. We know that. And so, I mean, could it have been vastly different? Sure. Could it have been exactly the same? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think I mean, the Astros are a good team even without the sign stealing stuff. So it's not like they would have gone to scrubs and gotten swept in the World Series anyway. Yeah, but well, even looking at like the ALCS of that year. You look at the home and road splits, it's like damning. The Altuve is like, I think on the, at home he was like 400. He, he batted 400. And then on the road it was like, it was like less than 100. It was around like 142, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I guess it was. Maybe it wasn't less than 100, but it was like. Yeah, it was right around there. But yeah, it was that was a scary stat to look at and an interesting one. Yeah. I think, I mean. You want to make that argument with, 
you know, the Rockies and the Coors affect home and road splits. But, I mean, it's not like it's something that just happens with them. It happens all over the league. Sign-stealing or not, players generally hit better at home when they play their 81 games a year. Yeah, but... But that one's drastic. Yeah, it's usually not that drastic of a difference either, so... 100%. Usually it's like... That's probably if it's usually like three hundred at home, and then maybe it would be like two sixty on at, at on the road or something like that. Yeah, it's that's true, and you even see that in the at Coors Field, and you see that all over this one. Looking at that stat was like, holy cow! That was that was kind of your proof of. Mm-hmm. What helped was, you know, knowing a curveball versus a fastball. Yeah. It's it's a big difference. I just don't think I'd take as big a drastic measure towards it as others do. But it definitely is a big help. Yeah. Well, one thing that confuses me, though, is if they did it that year, then, like, it why did they stop? Like even even if they did it this year, like which they might have with the buzzing and all that stuff, but they if they did, then didn't look like they did in the World Series since they lost every game at home. So it's like, what the hell? What made them stop? Did they know they were somebody was onto them that they were gonna get caught? It's like, well, I mean, at that point, you already got caught. Why not just continue? Like, why not? Just... Yeah, the league did a terrible job handling it because. We read the reports, right? Like, they've known about it. Yeah. They just didn't do anything until fires came out about it. And, like, that's a problem. Exactly. I've learned, you know, ignorance is bliss. Don't make a problem out of something until someone else makes it a problem for you to handle. But this is when you got to get out in front of, and they didn't. And it caused a big thing. But I think the league knowing about it helped it deter them from doing it again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but that's... Obviously, we can continue that another time, but... Uh, back There's to, a lot to get into with that. But, I mean, get back to the Rockies, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add, but we kind of went over a lot of it, like, you know, the whole Arenado stuff and the, the uh, rotation and stuff like that, so I don't know what else... What else there really is? Well, we want, yeah, we want over prospects too. So, I mean, with how boring and slow and terrible this off season's been, there's that's pretty much what you're looking at. Yeah, I think they need to make a move at some point, whether it's to try and figure out what you have in your minor league guys, your forty man roster guys, to try and address those needs, or address it outside. You need to do something. Because we're getting restless out here as fans. When you look at it analytically, we're still getting restless out here because we're stuck in complacency. And I don't know, the Nolan trade thing is going to clear up so much for where this team is at. Whether they feel like they can compete, you're going to have to keep them. But if you can't, if you feel like you're going to just have to start a rebuild again, trade them, I think that's going to be a very telling and where the team's at. 
Yeah. Past that, I mean, third place in the division seems about right. Mm-hmm. That's really all I've got. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got other questions. No, I don't think so. But yeah, I think I've put their. I'd probably say their their ceiling is like. I think their ceiling is around around 80, 82 wins, like one win above five hundred, and then the floor would be like seventy. I think that's that would be where they're at. That's a fair expectation. Yeah, because I think they're if they if they don't like. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, if they they don't perform, if they, uh, yeah, if they don't end up performing, then they're finished around the same uh, as last year. Like, and then especially if they trade Aaron Hunter, they're probably finish. They might even finish worse than last year if they do that. But yeah, and it depends on what they get back. I yeah. think they're going to get a a haul because you know he's a great player. Especially if you trade him to the right team that needs a guy like him just to complete the team, you're gonna get a huge haul. It'll probably won't be as big as you'd like because of the contract, but yeah. you're gonna get something for him. And if you can get one or two of those guys to be able to come in and play immediately, in some form or fashion, I think that'd be that'd be massively helpful. Yeah. I can see that. I can see them like getting some, like major league ready talent in turn. I mean, they should look for it, but I don't know if they, I don't know what teams would be willing to really do that either. So it's going to depend on the desperation and the time of the season because it's not looking like he's going to get traded in the off season. Yeah. If you get it near the deadline with a team that's one legitimate guy away, that's where you got to look for that kind of. Yeah. Haul back and Yeah, what's I'm trying to think what other teams are even need of a need like in in need of a third baseman right now. Like I know the Phillies we said and Cardinals, but I'm trying to think who else would need one. The Nationals lost Rendon. Yeah, that's right. So they could be a potential spot depending on what they want to do. That's true. Yeah. Uh yeah. wouldn't go in division. I don't think the Rangers would do it, but they have a potential place there. And then, I, mean, I don't know how likely it would be, but I think, I mean, I would obviously love it if he went to the Yankees, but I don't know if they would do it either. Like, I don't, I mean, I guess it depends on what happens with Anduar, what happens with Urshela, if, they, if Urshela ends up having, like, a drop-off from last year, and obviously Anduar doesn't have the defense, so, I mean, if they both don't have a good season, I would, I can definitely see his Yankees maybe trying to do that, get better defensive third base. Oh, the Yankees, my goodness. We, oh. They became the New York Rockies, as we said around here. Oh, yeah. They have so many... Yeah, it'd be out of veto. Rockies on that team, which is painful because it means we know we have the t- we've had the talent on this team, just haven't put it together. But yeah. I could see that. The other one I was reading that I just remembered was the potentially the Cubs. Mm. Oh yeah, if they moving be. Chris Bryant to the outfield full time, mm. they would. Oh yeah, mm. that's. Get Wilson Contreras, which I don't. 
think we would be able to do? I would say yes in a heartbeat. Because, man, we need a catcher in the worst way. Right. Uh, I think we can, I mean, you can, we have options at third base that make the blow bear not a less, but it would hurt a lot. But if you can fill a need somewhere else, pitching, outfield, catcher, first base, whatever it may be, I think it would significantly help with the pain. Yeah. Yeah, but those, I guess those are basically the main teams. Then. No, well, I can't, I can't really think of anyone else that would really need, need Aaron. I mean, obviously anybody would, could use him, but. I'm still in the mindset he's the best third baseman in baseball. So what you want about Rendon, who's a great player, Chapman in Oakland, but Arenado's still not great over any third baseman in the league. But whether you want to say it's a need or not is a different question. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's basically everything we covered. Covered all all that we could about it. So, um, what's your? I forget what your Twitter is. Yeah, I just want to say what to follow you. It's just at Zach Gottlieb. Uh, kept it pretty simple yeah all right so yeah you could follow zach there and then follow me of course at alex keeler and the score crow and we'll, we'll be getting a lot of articles out with the baseball season coming up so keep an eye with those and uh keep an eye out for all these episodes coming out for the teams and then tomorrow after the hall of fame announcement we'll have an episode to recap that go over what our thoughts are and everything like that so locker hall of fame baby it's coming i can feel it yeah i hope so and then yeah just keep listening to all of our all of our team podcasts and then during the season our you know weekly episodes and dfs daily dfs episodes that joey and johnny are going to be doing so yeah um, and just a reminder, you can never have too much pod talk. <laughs>